talking about the creek, creek talk, talking about the creek, creek talk, talking about the creek, talking about Dawson's Creek. Welcome back to Creek Talk. This is Steven. And I'm Jamie. And this week we're recapping season two, episode 19, Rest in Peace, Abby Morgan. This is a very sad episode. I mean, I really love Jen in this episode. Me too. I felt her emotion, you know, her anger. What about you? Um, yeah, I really like this episode too. I thought it was a very Jen centered episode and Grams of all people. It was very dramatic. And um, the whole side plot with Andy and just when somebody that's not so nice passes away and people just being fake about it, but nobody wants to be honest about who somebody was after they die. I feel like it's so uh it's very <laughs> what i don't know it's like just it's so disrespectful <laughs> but there's an actual word i can't think of it i'm not sure um it'll come to me i don't say for once i can't put the words in your mouth i don't i don't know <laughs> i'm not sure what you're I, like i know what you're trying to say but i can't think of it either but yeah. I feel like that always happens you know what i mean at least in all the dramas i don't particularly remember how my school and peers handled the death of you know a fellow student I just remember like myself and like my immediate friends and like the classroom we were were in with a guidance counselor I don't remember the rest of the day I think I blocked a lot of it out Mm -hmm. because I I I don't so I don't (laughs) I don't really know I don't really remember that day very well or that week um but I, I, I can imagine what it would be like for the people that, like, didn't know this person at all being all, you know, overly emotional over it. But, I, I mean, like, how do you determine whether that person is genuine or not, you know? Yeah. Especially that was you know. kind of a big, right. It was kind of like a big thing that happened in this episode, too, with with between Jen and Andy and how everybody was, you know, dealing with this incident or, you know, travesty. But tra- travesty, tragedy, either <laughs> word, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know what I mean? Tragedy. Or even, or even the, those students that we'll, we'll, you know, talk about later, but even those students who made an announcement about the yellow band around the arm and if yeah. you want to, you know, support, you know, come see me at the lunch table or something. And I thought that was a little bit, I don't know if that's weird or not, but. Yeah, I've never. Is I've that never weird? Seen I don't know. I remember when I was in ninth grade, it was like, the beginning of my ninth grade year in high school and there was a kid that died that was in my grade i honestly couldn't even tell you who what his name was i never knew him he came from another school but i remember after um every like the teachers came in and said that he had passed away um you know everybody was so sad obviously the people who knew him and went to school right. with him but i was just like i don't even know who he is and i wasn't i wasn't putting on this like fake like yeah act because i was like i didn't know him i don't like how do you feel sad for somebody that you didn't even know i think at some point instead of it turning into oh i feel bad for that person and their family which you do it's more of oh 
it's not about that person, but about the circumstance or the situation. Oh, they were young and, you know, oh, this is somebody that I could have potentially known, or maybe I passed them in the hallway, you know, it's disassociated, but like still emotionally reachable, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but then you have the ones that do fake it and they're like, oh my gosh, this person was so amazing. And, you know, blah, this and blah, that. And you're like, what? You don't even know this person. Like, how can you say that you had no interaction unless you passed them in the hallway and you bumped shoulders once, you know, I don't know. It's, I, death is a weird thing. I feel like we've talked about this before. Yeah. It's a very weird thing and it, it hits people differently. And some people, some people just want to like as weird as it sounds fit in with what everybody else is doing you know the sheep following the flock i guess i was gonna say flock too i was like is it flock well a flock is a group of sheep but i can't remember the person that walks around you know the the, sheep herder (laughs) yeah i guess whatever listen okay i understand what you're saying um yeah i don't know it could be an attention thing it's so terrible to say that because you really don't know. You don't know what's going on in other people's minds. And I'm just rambling now. So you can just tell me to shut up, Jamie. Let's move on. No, it is. It is weird when somebody passes away in your life and other people will try to relate to you be, uh, in regards to like their situations regarding death. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes it can become very uh, awkward because it's like, one, it's like, I, I wasn't like looking for sympathy. And like, now it's like, it's almost like I am try- now I'm making you feel better when I wasn't trying to be uh, given any attention about it. Do you know what I mean? It, there's, there's that situation too, where it's, that's always awkward. Um, it's almost like a one-up type thing. But um, I do remember another yeah. classmate passed away when I was right before I went into ninth grade and I went to school with this, this, this kid, like all through grade school, well, fourth grade and up because I moved to, I moved to this town when I was in fourth grade. And that's when um, I started going to school with him, but he was a really nice kid and he was always nice to me. And I remember when he passed away, everybody was just devastated but he was sick. I don't remember what exactly was wrong with him, but I remember going to the funeral with my grandma because my grandma knew his family too. And it was just, it was a madhouse because it was, there were so many people there, but I felt, I felt so bad um, for him for that whole situation too. But I, but even then I was like confused because I was like, I don't know how to feel like any type of emotion about this. Cause I wasn't super close to him either, but yeah, that is a weird thing weird thing people deal with it in all different ways and grief is a weird thing and you know we both recently had a lot of deaths in our families and our lives and i think we're still dealing with it in a weird way and you know i think about my nephew and i'm like i really don't know how my brother's doing it you know it's devastating and i think about my grandma like i was talking to my grandma earlier and i you know i i still think i'm like i just i just assume my grandpa's at home with her you know and he's not. It's just so weird. It's just so weird. To yeah. me. You know, the same thing happened with when my mom passed away. I remember it like it just wasn't it didn't feel real, uh, real to me until she actually was gone. And I remember just being so numb at her funeral. I don't remember anything, honestly. And I remember um, 
like it was like a couple of weeks later. I remember like I slept in and I had a dream about her and I woke up and I went to the kitchen to feed the cats. It was like my normal like wake up routine. Mm-hmm. But the dream was so realistic. But I woke up from it like like I woke up, you know, like a jolt. Yeah. Yeah. Like a jolt. And I went to feed the cats and I was I remember opening up the can and I just started bawling my eyes out. And I was like, I was just like uncontrollable, uh, unconsolable. <laughs> we're both, we're both bad with the words today, <laughs> but I just was just standing at my counter, just crying, thinking about her. And, um, cause I just remember in the dream, she was like talking to me and she was like smiling and laughing. And I just thought, I'm never going to see that again. Oh my God. I'm getting upset right now. <laughs> no, don't, don't be sad. Don't be sad. Oh, yeah. It's like it's just weird. It's weird. Death is weird. I had a weird dream too, but death is really weird. I don't remember. All right, death is well, weird. We don't have to. We don't have to keep doing this because <laughs> it's just gonna be like, like we're just gonna be like this is not a downer. Mess. We need to bring this up, and it's gonna be hard to combat that because this episode was, uh, I guess, emotionally charged. Yeah. Um. So we can just think about how awful Abby Morgan was to people. <laughs> um. But before we get into the episode, why don't we do a quick catch up, Jamie? <laughs> Let's see what's been new with me. So I uh, did my taxes. Very exciting oh, stuff. Oh my goodness. I know what a good civilian or citizen I am. <laughs> we can't think today. It's been a weird day, I think, for both of us. It's very weird. You notice how we both have like, we keep coming up with like two alternative words and it's one over the other. We can't decide. This is what's going to happen. Though. We need a thesaurus or a dictionary. Yeah, I need a dictionary. <laughs> and a thesaurus. Just give me two. Everything. Just give us everything. everything. But I did, later. I did my taxes too on TurboTax for the first time Woo. by myself. And <laughs> I have, I like, I have to promote TurboTax on their all like their online whatever you do like just go to TurboTax.com and do your taxes because it was so fucking easy and I got my return a week later and I didn't pay anything I think they do like this thing where it's like free for the first time but they guide you through the whole thing and I was so nervous to do it because I've been going to an accountant for years and years and I said I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life what was I wasting my money on peace of mind no i i've been uh all right so yeah. hashtag turbo tax only because i also use turbo tax oh, and okay. i have been doing my own taxes for about eight eight or nine years since my early 20s i've been doing my own taxes um that's when i stopped saying all right parents i can do it <laughs> um anyway so this past weekend i spent uh, a decent amount of money I uh, I got to see uh, one of my friends in person, which was nice because I haven't seen that person in, since last year. Um, and we went to the malls. It's the first time I went to the mall in like three years, <laughs> maybe longer. I haven't gone to a mall in so long. FYE is still standing. It still exists. <laughs> I was amazed. <laughs> um, but uh fye i bought uh i got some new chopsticks i was very excited about them i think they were they demon slayer so i was so, <laughs> so excited about this i did a dance they were the last ones. they're so cool um 
And then I got some albums, got some Orion vinyl records, right? Spent way too much money, guys. Way too much. And then <laughs> you earned it. I know. I know. You work I hard, thought, Jamie. I felt like I could do that. But I also I have a wedding this weekend to go to. Um, so I needed to find something to wear. So the next day I was with my mom and we got new phones because our phones were like three years old and it was time to upgrade. And I got a smart watch, which I'm really excited about. It's a lot of fun. I know you showed me it. I was like, that's huge. <laughs> My first thing, the first thing I said was, is it waterproof? <laughs> well, water resistant. Yes, you can swim with it, but it's cool. And then my phone is really cool. This thing has like five lenses on the back of it. It's nuts. And it's Crazy. like as big as my face. <laughs> I know. But anyways, uh, I also, I got a dress and I got some other things and I got some new shoes that I'm really excited to wear. Uh, these little strappy heel things. And then I got a like little, little clutch and I'm going to look like so girly. Very excited. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to look like a girl. <laughs> going to look like a girl, not a bum <laughs> with her hair and a pony and, you know, a hoodie. <laughs> Well, that sounds fun. But yeah, I stayed in bed all day. I, you know what I watched? I watched Inventing Anna on Netflix, which is about this fake German heiress named Anna Sorokin or Anna Delvey. I don't remember, but uh, it's a show that was produced or created by the same woman who does Grey's Anatomy and oh. all those shows, Shonda Rhimes. I was kind of hesitant to watch it because I didn't know if I'd like it or not. But I've been into all these like true crime things and it kept coming up as like a suggestion. So I finally just put it on. And it also stars Anna Klumski from My Girl and My Girl 2, Veda Saltonfuss. She is like the main reporter in it. And I was like, she's still a really good actress. <laughs> like, and, she, and then I looked her up on IMDb. She's continually acted. Like she's still like- Good for her. Yeah, I was, she's so, I was like, I remember when I still like, I was like in love with her when I was a kid because I loved uh, the My Girl movies, especially My Girl too. But I never watched the second one that I can remember. And the first one broke my heart. So yeah, we talked about this before. I, I was, was like, you traumatized. have to watch the second one. <laughs> traumatized by the first Beastings. one. That was traumatizing. Okay. Beastings. <laughs> it was really hard to get through. <laughs> It was hard. I think that maybe traumatized <laughs> everybody. Yeah, you know, we were all traumatized. Like I feel like while the yes, the main characters were kids, this was not a kid movie. Like kids probably should not be watching this because they're going to be traumatized. <laughs> I remember seeing it in the movies with my mom. My mom took me and my younger brother and sister. It was like a. I'm just, I think I told this before, but we were. It was like a random Friday night, and I remember telling my friends in school, "My mom's taking us to the movies tonight. She wants to see, take us to see My Girl." And they're like, "You're going to the movies with your mom?" And I was like, "Yeah, I was so excited <laughs> to go." And yeah. she ended up like she bought us like whatever we wanted. We went to like Taco Bell, and we went to like McDonald's. Like my brother went to McDonald's, and then I wanted Taco Bell, and we went to the movies. Like my mom never like took us to the movies when we were kids, um, but. Uh, it was like it was a very rare occasion for my parents to take us to the movies but I remember she just wanted to take us so she went I don't know where my dad was he must have been working but um I always remember that but other than that I really didn't do much I edited our next episode which has been a nice routine I'm getting into this routine with editing and I'm, I sit at my kitchen table and edit and crack up at the dumb shit that we say to each other while I take half <laughs> of it out because it's unnecessary but <laughs> What did I do Sunday? I don't think I really, I think I just watched TV. <laughs> I 
do anything this weekend. It was like a very, very low key weekend. So I love those low key weekends. It's going to be a long time until I can have one of those again. <laughs> I know. I was talking to my grandma earlier and I just was like, and she was like, you haven't called me. And I said, I, I, I know. I don't know where the time goes, grandma. I was like, I, I'm constantly working. And by the time it's like Friday, I'm like in a ball in my bed because I don't, or, you know, Friday night, I don't want to like do, I don't want to see anybody. I want to like, just be by myself. So I said, I'm, you know, I apologize. So, yeah. So I always just try to make sure I'm like on top. I'm very close to her. Yeah. She looks forward to your call. That's why. Well, that's the thing. I have to like find time to talk to her because we'll talk to each other for like three hours. And before you know it, we're like repeating ourselves. So, but I love my grandma. That, that, that sounds familiar, huh? <laughs> you know, oh, that must be a Steven thing then. That like <laughs> I make other people do. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, before we get into the show, I wanted to say that we had three birthdays related to Dawson's Creek this week or last week james vanderbeek was the eighth i believe kerr smith was the ninth and kevin williamson himself was march 14th um, happy birthday i know happy birthday i know all three of them listen to us so i just wanted to say (laughs) happy birthday happy birthday kings happy birthday kings (laughs) we bow (laughs) <laughs> especially to kevin williamson himself if you want to check out the post that i made about and and you can see this creepy picture that i posted of myself from when i was in my early early 20s meeting him go check it out um i i looked at it recently and i can't believe i actually put it up but um he's an icon also we wanted to just say thank you a million times because we just got 4.5 thousand downloads like how jamie i don't know they like us they really like us i want to get one of those noise makers where you you spin (laughs) it you know (laughs) maybe one of those poppers you pop it confetti from flying out i don't want to clean up the confetti though so never mind but we just want to party we should celebrate listen when we hit a certain amount we should we should have a should we could go live during this party yeah this is a good idea We'll get, we'll meet up and we'll just get really drunk off wine and go live. (laughs) We'll figure it out. How hysterical would that be? (laughs) But yeah, we hit a really large number with our downloads. I can't believe it. So we just want to say thank you a million times over. We love you guys. Each and every one of you listening to us. (laughs) Yeah. I don't understand how people are even still listening to us talk about nonsense half the time but well we listen to ourselves i think so i mean if we can get along with ourselves surely other people can i I agree with that that's an accurate statement yeah oh thanks um but yeah that's exciting and yeah with that let's get into dawson's creek you want to get into dawson's creek jamie let's get into dawson's creek i think they want us to get into dawson's creek already (laughs) all right so we are recapping season two episode 19 Rest in peace, Abby Morgan. Aired May 5th, 1999, directed by David Semmel, written by Mike White. 
So it's a continuation of the last episode, Perfect Wedding, where we see Dawson and Joey coming back to Dawson's house. They sort of like reconciled. They're like making out like they did at the wedding. So yeah, they're getting kind of hot and heavy too. Like they're getting more and more amped up in their hormones. Yeah. And they're like, (laughs) Joey says, do you think this is a good idea? And Dawson's like, let's not analyze this. I'm like, why are you like, why do you analyze anything? Just, just make out like be like a normal fucking teenager and just make out with each other i was like stop but the analyzing everything so they climb through the window get into his bedroom they're like all horned up ready to like start going at it whatever they want to do and we see jen sitting on the end of the bed in the dark mm-hmm. very ghostly like she scared the crap out of me i totally forgot that she was there i can't even imagine like i don't know how those two didn't scream <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably would have thrown something. <laughs> Joey looked over and was just like, Jen. <laughs> and Dawson's like, what are you doing here? But she is sitting on the edge of the bed and she's just sort of like mumbling what happened. She's not really like she's telling what happened, but she's not she's really in shock. Still. Yeah. She's like still in shock. Exactly. And she finally just says, Abby's dead. And Dawson and Joey look shocked. We see Joey go over to console her and Jen just starts crying like hysterically. And then that was the opening scene. It was very quick. It was was very, very quick. And it was almost, I don't know if it was surprising or not that the first place that she felt that she could go to was Dawson's. And even in the haze that she was in, that's where she ended up was it was in Dawson's room, just sitting there waiting, you know? Wait, you were, you were surprised by that? I don't know. Like, I feel like I I am, but I'm not, but I mean, where else would she go? So I think that she's got a close enough relationship with him at this point where it would be her first choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. And I, Dawson, think... I feel like Dawson can make it easy to to talk to him. You know what yeah. I mean? When he's not being a drama queen. <laughs> he's a very approachable person. And I agree the way that their relationship is now, like it's a lot better. They're on better terms. So I wouldn't know who else she would really go to. She's not really friends with Jack yet. Jack is going to be her go-to person later. Pacey at one point, she kind of gets friendly with, but it doesn't really amount to much. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say Dawson would be her number one. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. so I retract. I retract. <laughs> um, so we get our beautiful opening shots of Cape Side, a.k.a. Wilmington, North Carolina. There was one scene that they shot right in that opening. It's It was all blue. And I was like, wow, that is so pretty. <laughs> I was like, I need to go back to this fucking town. Oh. So we see Joey sitting outside on her porch. She's looking through a photo album and we see that she's like crying a little bit. Her dad comes out. He notices the photo album. He just says it seems like it was a lifetime ago. He tells Joey that he says, your mother loved that dress. They're looking at pictures of like her mother. So there's like these pictures of Joey when she was supposedly younger. And it was the, it was like a woman playing her, her mother. So Here's a little fun fact. The guy Craig Edwards on um, on Instagram, he worked for the show. Um, he posted something about these pictures and he talked about how like hair and makeup were like putting fake bangs on Katie Holmes to make it look like she was younger. And they took the pictures with this woman. I don't remember who the woman was though, but um I was like, wow, I totally forgot that. And then when I saw the pictures in this episode, it just instantly reminded me of that. It's just funny. I would I would love to talk to this guy. <laughs> he sounds so interesting. <laughs> Sir, are you listening to us? 
Email us. <laughs> Craig Edwards. I think he follows us. I'm not sure. Hit us up, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> We've got questions. <laughs> so her dad notices, you know, she's looking at these pictures and he, he says, your mother loved that dress, the dress that she was wearing in the picture. I told her to take it back because it was too expensive. She went out and bought two of them just to spite me. And he's like, that's just the type of woman she was. He asks Joey why she's looking at the photos and she tells him about Abby and he says he's sorry. And if they were close and she says, not really. She was kind of a nightmare. She tells her dad that I got her thinking and he says they never really talked about her mother and her death. So before they could even get into it, she says she's late and she leaves to go to school. (laughs) She like literally runs away. (laughs) I was like, wait, she hasn't talked about this. Escape, escape. It was so weird because she started the conversation and then he was like willing to talk about it. She's like, gotta go. (laughs) Don't want to talk about this right now. The scene's about to end. We got to wrap this up. (laughs) (laughs) Can't talk anymore. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. So now we're at Cape Side High. It's like hopping and bopping. We see Jen walk through the door. She looks really cute, but she looks so angry. She's like walking through the hall. She notices that everyone's just staring at her. We're now in a grief council group and the counselor keeps calling Abby Abigail and she's talking really funny. She was annoying me, this woman, this actress. I didn't like her. I don't like how she kept saying Abigail. She was driving me nuts. Yeah. If you, if you have any grief, we'd talk about the grief. She was talking really weird. Um, we also see that Jack, Andy, and Pacey are in this grief council group together. And there's a girl that makes an announcement about the Girls Service League distributing yellow armbands in Abby's honor. And Jen just looks disgusted. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck? Nobody knew who Abby was. Like, why are you like, pr- like um, promoting yellow armbands for Abby Morgan? I don't know. I feel like... It's like fake sympathy. We're, we like already talked about it kind of. I know. And it, I feel like I think that we did something that might have had like the the bands for like suicide awareness, but it wasn't I don't recall it being like specific to person, an actual person. Yeah. Well, because not everybody can relate to that person. Not everybody knew this particular person. So it was more of a OK, yes, everyone is, you know, the people that were affiliated are grieving for this person. But how can we, you know have the entire school show their support what about you know suicide awareness for those that commit oh, suicide right. which is the case that you know um but the funny thing is and i mean it's not even really that funny i feel like i can vividly remember like these ribbons but i don't know if that's all in my head or not <laughs> isn't that fucked up you don't know if it was real or not <laughs> like i'm just dis- i'm disassociated with the entire situation i don't know if it was real and i just like I, i'm seeing it through like this rose cut co- like this you know what i mean like the shade or <laughs> if it just didn't happen and my mind was just created this thing i don't know and that's really a dream i probably should be a shrink <laughs> You should get hypnotized and see if it really happened. Meanwhile, you were like watching an old episode of like. (laughs) like No, because (laughs) these ribbons were, these were definitely real ribbons. I just, they were like little pins, you know, that you would get pin on your shirt. I just don't remember what, like there was a red one and a yellow thing. I don't remember what any of them stood for. I'm going to look it up because I want to say. Yellow, right? What, what is the yellow signal? Let's see. Yellow significance. 
suicide prevention. I'm not making it up. Yellow signifies so, suicide wait. prevention. So they think that Abby killed herself? Dude, did I just open a can of worms? You're right. They had the yellow band around their arms. Yeah. I mean, I thought I had the impression that it was an accident. She got drunk. She hit her head. She fell. Right. That's the story that was given. But why did they do yellow? Mm, no, maybe they didn't realize that it meant suicide. I may. I don't know. But yeah, they never yellow, talk they, about it. The yellow ribbon is an emblem for suicide prevention awareness, particularly for young people, and is used for suicide prevention awareness in many countries, including U.S., Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and the United Kingdom and Ireland. What about look up yellow armbands? Uh, yellow wristbands used to symbolize awareness for certain diseases like bladder cancer, liver disease, obesity, and spina bifida. Hmm. Got it. See, the yellow ribbon was definitely a thing, and it was for suicide. This had to have happened then because. The color in my head when I think about it was a yellow ribbon. It was a tiny little yeah, yellow you, ribbon. Yeah, that's what you talked about. Yeah. You're talking about yellow ribbons in this. It probably did, Jamie. I never would have like put two and two together or really thought about the fact that maybe that's what that person was for with the yellow bands for suicide awareness. I don't know. Writers, we have questions. <sighs> Why did you pick yellow armbands? Happy <laughs> didn't kill herself. It was an accident. It was definitely an, it was a very unfortunate accident. See guys, you know what this signifies? Do not drink an entire bottle of wine or champagne or whatever it was they were guzzling and then go on the pier and then sit on the top of the like thing. Exactly. Just, just put yourself in a bubble and (laughs) drink at home. Don't drive, you know, just, just be safe guys. Just be safe. Um, yeah. So the counselor calls on Jen <laughs> to talk about her grief and she doesn't want to talk. She doesn't want to say anything. So then she calls on Andy and Andy says, I guess I'm feeling shocked. And she says she was so incredibly alive and she had such a great spirit. It's really a tragedy. So then Jen looks at Andy like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, and- like disgust slash rolling eyes. Yeah. Like, ugh. <laughs> but like what is Andy supposed to say? I know. I hated I, her. I know. She was it's, nasty it's, to me all the time. It's so crazy. So those the group settings, you know what I mean, are so crazy because you you're just trying to figure out how to handle this situation. You might have some negative feelings toward this situation, but you don't want to say those negative feelings because your parents always said if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Like, how do you get that out? without offending the people around you who might have a different opinion or feeling than you do. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's, I mean, she could, she could have said, look, I wasn't friends with Abby. She tried to make my life a living hell and I had no relationship with her whatsoever, but I never wished her to die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's completely honest. That's usually when you go listen I'm just here to process, not share my feelings. Yeah, that's smart And then you make a one-on-one appointment if you need to, right? Yeah. Yeah, like you don't have, like these group things too are crazy. I would not want to share stuff like that with other people. I've went to a counselor before because of some stuff that was happening in my life at the time. And I just sat there the entire time. I didn't say a damn thing. And that was fine. They wanted to see me again. I didn't go back. <laughs> probably should have <laughs> i remember we went to family therapy like all of us like a they said family counseling yeah and i remember they the therapist came to me and asked me why like 
what makes me upset or whatever. And I remember sitting there and my two brothers on the one side of me that like would tease me all the time because they would call me like fat and stuff. And I wasn't even that fat as a kid, but I remember looking at my shoes and I didn't want to say anything. And I was just like, I don't know. And my mom would be like, Steven, just tell the, tell the therapist, like what, what is wrong? You don't like that. They tease you. And I'm like, yeah, but, and I just got real quiet. And that's like the only thing I remember about that. And we never went back after that. My mom wanted us to go to family therapy, family counseling because our family is so dysfunctional, but yeah, I don't remember ever going back, but now I would love to go to therapy and I still need to go. When you're, when you're a kid, you just, especially when you're like a teenager or a preteen, you don't want anything to do with any of that. And then when you get older in your thirties and your forties, you're like, I need to see a shrink. You're like, <laughs> why am up. I like this? Why do I do? Why this am I do? so damaged? Yeah. Like, what the fuck happens to me? Why I'm the way I am? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I need to go. Oh, um, so anyway, Jen picks up her bag and she leaves the class. She like huffs out and we're now at lunch. We hear the girl from the grief counseling group selling the yellow armbands. We hear her tell a person, Thank you for honoring Abby's memory. And Dawson sitting there at his table watching the whole thing, like listening. I don't know. Were they selling them or were they signing just like a, a form, like a condolences form? I don't know. Was oh, she actually was selling them? them? Oh, she says we're selling them. Oh, wait, let me find, let me double check. Because I wrote down what she I said. I mean, I hope the proceeds are going to a nonprofit. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, no, she says they're distributing, dis- okay. distributing yellow armbands. So they're not selling them. So they're just handing okay. them out. That, that makes more sense. I'm like, <laughs> she's pocketing the money. <laughs> <laughs> Why is she selling these? I just, it's bizarre. <laughs> she's like, I know exactly what to do. I'm going to profit off of this girl's death. <laughs> oh, weird. So Joey comes over and sits down at Dawson's table and she starts off by saying that she knows that they have a lot to talk about concerning the other night. And Dawson cuts her off and says, can we not go there right now? There's a lot going on and we can analyze it to death later. And she agrees. And again, I'm like, what do you have to analyze? Just say that you enjoyed hooking up and just say like, what are we doing here? Like, are we going to get back together? Clearly they're going to get back together, but you know, they, they enjoyed doing what they did. Why do you have to analyze it? It's just, this is why they don't belong together. <laughs> like, if you have to think this much about what you're doing or talk about it this much, like, what are you doing? Shouldn't be they're that like, hard. Se- they're, they're like second guessing themselves. So weird. So she leans in really close to Dawson and she tells him that she never really liked Abby. And he says, ditto. She says, I actively despised her. And he says, it's weird. Abby is weird. This whole thing is weird. The way she died is weird. And he says, he can't even imagine what the funeral's going to be like. And uh, Joey says, she's not going. And he's like surprised. So she says, the last funeral that she went to was her mom's. And she hasn't even been to her grave. She thinks going to Abby's funeral will open up a Pandora's box of emotions that she's frankly, that she'd frankly rather keep sealed tight. So he reminds her that her mother died three years ago. And she's had plenty of time to deal with these emotions. How much longer does she plan on waiting? So she says, there's a part of me that's still holding on. Like I'm waiting for her to return. Like her death was just this cosmic error. And eventually God will realize that he made a terrible mistake. And he'll send her back to me like he did my dad. 
and she acknowledges that this sounds completely ridiculous. And he tells her it's not ridiculous. It's a child's false hope and that she's going to have to eventually let go. And she says she doesn't want to. She's like, you don't know what it's like, Dawson. This made me so sad for her because her mom died three years ago. She was 13, I guess. So Mm -hmm. she's like, you know, let's just say she's like at the the height of her like um, pre-teen adolescence, like becoming a woman type thing. Yeah. And she's dealing with her mother, of all people, getting sick and dying, her father going to jail. It's almost like a fog in her brain where all these terrible things are happening. And she's like stuck in this place uh, in her mind. It's very like innocent and immature because of the time it happened. Yeah. Do you know what, you know what I mean? And yeah. she doesn't want to acknowledge that her mom's gone. She thinks like something magical is going to happen. It, it was so sad listening to that because I was like you're not acknowledging like real life like you have to acknowledge that your mother's gone like she's never coming back it's it's sad she has that mentality about the whole situation because she hasn't properly dealt with the grief you know what I mean like that's exactly what I should have said (laughs) she's still stuck in the denial stage I guess yeah like she she's aware and she acknowledges but she's still in disbelief I guess right it's a it's hard i can't imagine at, like at a young age losing somebody that close to me like that yeah especially your mother mm-hmm. it's tough a mother a parent she lost both parents kind of yeah well she did she all she had after that was her sister mm-hmm. it's a weird situation in the love shack <laughs> in the potter Oh, so now we're with Jen in the bathroom and we see her rinsing her face off at the sink. And Andy comes in and asks her where she's been. She just stormed out of class. So Jen looks up and we see that her like makeup is completely running down her face. And Jen tells Andy that dealing with Abby's death isn't hard enough, but to watch everyone parade around acting like Abby was their best friend, it's sickening. She says, aside from her, Abby didn't have a single friend at Capeside. And Andy starts to say, well, because Abby was, Jen says, a bitch, say it. Abby was a bitch. And Andy says, she wouldn't go that far. And Jen says, you would have three days ago, but now that she's dead, you wax poetic about her great spirit. It's so insincere. And Andy says that she doesn't think it's appropriate to malign her character after she's gone, which is fine. Andy's like trying to, like what she says later, she's a people person. She's not going to like make herself look bad in front of no um i mean we haven't gotten there yet but um i actually really respected the way that she delivered that eulogy Mm -hmm. because it she didn't speak any falsities you know what i mean she spoke the truth but she worded it in such a way that it was relatable everybody can relate to that and it was relatable to abby you know what i mean but it wasn't just straight up bashing her and just saying how terrible she was it was very eloquent it was very well done yes So Jen says, it isn't aligning if it's true. Believe me, it would have been easier for everybody if Abby had been this wonderful person with these virtuous qualities, but she wasn't because she was mean. And the least we can do is acknowledge who she really was. So Andy follows Jen out of the bathroom and she says that she understands that this isn't easy for her. And Jen says she's sick and tired of everybody treating her like she's some kind of celebrity just because I happen to be at the scene of the crime. 
she says it's funny abby spent her entire life shattering our fragile egos and that's why people disliked her so intensely leave it to abby even in her death she's still exposing hypocrisy and andy says she feels bad but she tried to reach out to her but every time she was rejected and jen just stops in her tracks and she says she rejected you if you hadn't rejected her at the wedding none of this would have ever happened and andy's like what (laughs) what yeah that was a low blow but i think she was just feeling a lot and what did she do she latches out that's what that was yep jen says you kicked us out of the wedding that's why we went to the docks in the first place and andy says don't say that and she says i'm sorry i have to go so she did like apologize but she still said it so now this is making going to make her spiral yeah what happens with andy so now we're with Dawson. He's home from school. Gal tells him that she has some good news. She got a new promotion as a network correspondent, but it's in Philadelphia. Oh, Gail. <laughs> so Dawson's like, oh, well, I'm not moving to Philadelphia. And she's like, I'm not going to do that to you either. No, 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 no. You're still in school. I would never uproot you like that. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? And she says, well, she just assumed Mitch would come back to the house and she would just visit as much as she could. And Dawson asks her about Mitch and if she's throwing in the towel. She says it's the last thing she wants, but he doesn't seem to have any interest in making things work. So if she walks away from this career opportunity and she still loses her marriage, then what do I have? And Dawson's like, me, you still have me, mom. You still have me. (laughs) Cause he's so selfish. And she's like, I know, but I need something for myself, Dawson. (laughs) I need to make Gal happy. (laughs) And you make me happy, but I'm a career woman. (laughs) You're just my kid. So now we are with Graham. She goes to check on Jen, who's laying in bed. She tells her she wasn't very fond of Abby. And she always had the distinct impression that she was mocking her. And Jen starts to laugh. And she says, she was, wasn't she? She was, wasn't she? She really was. And she says, don't take it personally. Abby was mocking everyone. So Graham says she doesn't understand why God would take someone so young with so much left to give. And Jen gets up. She's annoyed. She says, luckily, she didn't have any faith to begin with. So Graham tells her that God may work in mysterious ways, but he does have a plan. Jen says, well, if God had a plan for Abby, she certainly wasn't following it. And Graham says, God has a plan for all of us, including Abby, including you. And Jen's like, I don't want to have this religious conversation with you right now. And Graham tells Jen that she's here for her whenever she needs her. So she's like trying. Graham's mm-hmm. is like trying. She sees that Jen is like struggling. But Graham's first thing is her first instinct is to make it about God. And Abby's in a better place. Ooh, and... She reaches to her religion. Yeah. Because that's, you know, her comfort. And she's just trying to share that comfort with her granddaughter. But her granddaughter's not interested. And her granddaughter's hurt and she's you know in pain and she's angry um it sucks because because the the only way that grams really knows how to try to comfort her is to bring her religion into it because that's what comforts her that's what comfort Mm -hmm. grams but how can you do that with somebody who gets frustrated with that notion and you know that you guys fight all the time over it but you see that your granddaughter you know what i mean like it's i understand where grams is coming from and i understand why jen snaps back at her you know in the way that she does it's one of those things like how do you bridge that you know how do you like how do you reach each other with a kind of an obstacle when you have one person who's in a lot of pain and another one who only has like 
this one way to really comfort somebody in this kind of means. And it's not something that this particular person is receptive to, you know, it's, <laughs> they need to go to therapy. <laughs> they need to go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. So now we're with Pacey. He's telling Andy that he can't believe that Jen is accusing Andy of being responsible for Abby's death. Andy says, but I was so mean to her. Meaning she was mean to her at the wedding. Yeah. So Pacey says, Abby was one of the most hideous creatures to ever haunt the streets of Capeside. And you bent over backwards to try and befriend her. Pacey tells her that she really shouldn't be taking it this hard. She says, don't tell me how I should be feeling. If I'm upset, then I'm, then I'm upset. If I feel guilty, then I feel guilty. Those are perfectly valid feelings. And he says, he's sorry. He just doesn't like to see her like this. So then we see Abby's mom walk in and Andy notices her first. And then Abby's mom notices Andy and says, don't I know you? Mm-hmm. And Andy says, I'm Andy. Or you drove me home one time. She says, she talked about you a lot. And Andy's like, what? <laughs> she did? <laughs> Was it nice? <laughs> I know. I know. I can only imagine what she was talking about. I, and we really have no idea what her relationship is with her mom, too. Like, her parents. We don't know how she behaved at home, if it was any different than how she behaves. You know what I mean? Amongst her peers. I'm very curious about that. Like, did she put on an act the whole time with her mom? Right. But then, did you see her mom's face when um, when Jen was going off in the funeral? Yeah. I feel like her mom had an idea. She was just hoping that it wasn't true. <laughs> maybe she's like, "Damn it, my daughter was a fucking bitch." <laughs> no, I mean we really don't know. We don't know if it was shocked because of what Jen was saying. It was like so out there, or she was like, "I can't believe she's saying this," but I see where she's getting with this. <laughs> you know, I don't know. My daughter was a monster. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't just at me. I know. <laughs> no, I mean, we, we say all of this in jest, but it's sad because this had to have happened somewhere with somebody's life. Yeah, you're, it's true. You're right. So she asks Andy if she'll be coming to the funeral. And Andy says, of course. So then Abby's mom mentions that nobody offered to give a eulogy. And she's really not familiar with any of her other school friends. So she asks Andy if she'll be saying a few words about Abby at the funeral. And Andy's like, what? <laughs> Andy didn't even want to go. I know. She's like, what now? And now? Now she's forced to go and to speak. Poor Andy. And her mom says, since she was so fond of you. <laughs> and Andy's like, oh my God, I can't. I would have just been like, listen, I have a phobia of talking in front of groups. So I'll be in the back of the church out of respect, but I'm not speaking. It, it's very weird that she took it as seriously as she did, though, Andy. You because... think it was weird? Because we're talking about Andy, right? We're talking about the... <laughs> Andy doesn't do half-ass. I know. So, so like, the mom just randomly coming up to her and saying, like, you'll nobody offered to give a eulogy. You'll, you'll give a eulogy, right? Andy's like, I guess. Well, she said but you'll she's say not, something, right? She's not <laughs> obligated to do it. She didn't have to. But... She feels obligated now because she feels bad because she feels guilty that she was the one who caused the death. When really, you know, a lot she of didn't people, even have to go to the funeral. <laughs> a lot of people aren't even really doing that anymore. The whole speaking at a funeral thing about memories and stuff, because it, for whatever reasons, like people don't even want to, like, not even is it really like hard for some people to stand up and give up those memories in front of strangers. But some people, uh, like, who are, 
like family members don't even want that to happen anymore. They're like, we're not going to, we're going to skip the whole, as anybody want to share memory thing and just get to this through the service and you know, whatever. I feel like that kind of thing would be a lot easier if it was a smaller group, like say after everything's all said and done, everybody's at like a house and everybody's drinking, kind of winding down and trying to de-stress and relax that it is probably a lot more easier and more appropriate to have those type of memory. You know what I mean? To discuss those kind of memories. Cause then you're, you're surrounded by people that you trust and you know, you're not talking to strangers about, you know, your memories and, and private moments even, but I just, I feel like that would be more comfortable for me than to stand up into a room of people where I probably know maybe the first two or three rows of people. And then everybody else is the neighbor and, you know, Bob from USPS and you know, <laughs> like, I don't know, whatever. No, I totally um, understand what you're saying. I, I think I, yeah, I feel like my thing would be more of just winding down with those that I'm closest to and expressing those, those thoughts. That's yeah. Me. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like just be in like an intimate group setting with your close friends. That way you can just like talk openly without any judgment. And exactly. yeah, I get it. So I mean, have you ever been to a funeral where you have such an eclectic group of people that somebody starts speaking about their uh their their fondest memories of this person and their fondest memories are like fucked up shit because everybody was young and they did some dumb shit and that's what they talked about. And then you've got the, you know, other more reserved people that are, you know, giving you the stink eye or, you know, shooting daggers and gasping because you know, who talks about that stuff at a funeral. I just, well, that to me was, would be weird. I don't understand why somebody would get up at a funeral and be like, yeah, me and so-and-so used to get so fucked up on Saturday nights. He was my drink, my best drinking partner ever. Rest in, <laughs> rest in peace. Rest in peace. Well, that's what I mean though. It's awkward when the, the pastor or the preacher or the priest or whatever, um, goes okay does anybody want to say a couple words and then it's crickets and then you almost feel like like there's pressure there's this like unknown pressure that's kind of prompting you to get up to say something you don't want to this happened at my nephew's yeah and that's what i'm getting at and that's when you get these people that stand up because they feel obligated that they have to say something because they've known this person for x amount of time or they were closer to them but the only memories that come forth because you know, grief and everything else. It's a very funny thing is, you know, the most distinct memories are not always the most favorable memories to share. So then those, those come out and then other people start feeling some kind of way. And it kind of ruins, not that it ruins the mood, but I mean, funerals are not, they're a mood all on its own. Um, But that's, that's kind of like, now I've come full circle. That's kind of what I was getting at. Like people are starting to not do that at funerals where they'll just say, don't even bring it up. We're not even going to have people talk. We're just going to get past it. And, you know, when we have our, you know, when they do the the food thing after services, like a luncheon or dinner or whatever, you know, that's when that stuff can come out and everybody can talk more comfortably about those memories. I just, I, I want to say like a time and place. And I just feel like at a funeral home when everybody's crying, I, I don't know. No, I totally understand what you're saying. This just, I've gone to several funerals so far this year in 2022. And it's just these things that are fresh in my mind from what I've been seeing. And it's just, it's, I I prefer to skip it. (laughs) 
I do point. too. I do too. I agree with you. Yeah. Sorry. Anyways, moving on. So now we are with Pacey and Andy. They're walking together in the rain. They are going to Abby's house. He's telling her that she doesn't have to do the eulogy and that she can just tell Abby's mother that she's too upset. And Andy, being Andy, tells him that she has to find a way to honor Abby's memory. She says she always remembers the nice things people said at her brother's funeral. They arrive at Abby's house. It's like this huge house. It's like so nice. Um, I wonder if like the interior is like the actual house. I was curious. Mm, I, liked, I don't I know, but Abby's, it was nice. I liked Abby's room, how it had that second room in it like the back part where she had like a desk and stuff probably <laughs> some kind of walk-in closet that was converted if i had to guess and if this oh. wasn't like a stage yeah. and it was supposed to set up like a house i would have thought it was probably some type of walk-in closet that they converted yeah i didn't even think of that or maybe she was using the walk-in closet on the other side and we just saw her vanity in there too i don't know <laughs> i didn't even think of that <laughs> i liked it though yeah me too um, I, I didn't feel like her bedroom matched her personality no, at all. Either. It was so girly and normal. Yeah. Because it, it, it was like, it was very much like how we know Abby. Like Abby was just put on this like fake personality, I guess, for her family. When in reality, she was just a nasty bitch to everybody. You know, she was bored. She even said it in Uncharted Water. She was bored. She's bored. She's bored. She makes up her own stories. She probably would have been an excellent like writer or something. <laughs> probably. Or actress. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Andy says that she realizes that she's never even seen Abby's house. And Pacey's like, it's weird. He was half expecting this gothic castle with like gargoyle staring down at him. Yeah. And they bring in flowers to get in the house. It's like a memorial. And Andy wants to go to Abby's room. She says she wants to find out more about who she was because she wants to write a eulogy that honors her memory. She wants to go to Abby's room to like figure out more about who she was. Yeah. She wants to to do her homework and learn who Abby was so that her eulogy, you know, isn't just her own experiences, which I thought was, you know, sort of smart. Yeah. It made sense. Yeah. So yeah, she's like sneaking in the house to go sneak into the room. So then cut to we're at the scene of the crime or the accident and there are all these big flower arrangements on the dock jen sitting alone drinking um it was brown liquor so i'm assuming that it was whiskey i don't know it made me want to vomit when i saw her just drinking it probably the bottle looks familiar but not familiar enough i don't drink any of that stuff so i kept thinking is it bourbon (laughs) I feel like if I took like a screenshot of it and sent it to Terry, he would probably be able to tell me before I could ever guess. Cause he, you know, will drink different types of stuff. And I don't, I don't Oh, I just got nauseous thinking about it. Ew. No. So Jen gets really upset and she's angry and she throws one of the she grabs one of the flower arrangement and shucks it in the water. I feel like it probably was whiskey because I feel like the shape of the bottle reminds me of fireball. <laughs> I, kept, I thought it was whiskey, too. So it's probably some... Well, it's probably supposed to be some kind of whiskey. It was probably, yeah. like, tea or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tea. Soda. Car- it was tea. Carbonated tea. Yeah, it was probably tea or coffee. <laughs> I don't know. Cold coffee. <laughs> it was very brown. Um, so now we're back at Abby's bedroom. It's very girly, like you said. It doesn't show who Abby was. 
No, if I would have walked in that bedroom, Abby would have been the last person I would have thought it belonged to. Yeah. Pacey says, what if Abby's mother saw us come in here together? She probably thinks I'm trying to get lucky at her daughter's memorial. (laughs) And Andy says, it's so strange. It's almost like the room is waiting for her to come back, come back, come back. (laughs) And Pacey does this thing where he gets like really freaked out. And he's like, this is creepy. Can we just leave? And he does this weird thing where he like touched his jacket. Did you notice that? Yeah. Shivering. He he did. It was He's shivering, Stephen. (laughs) He did this thing on his neck. Maybe it was Abby's ghost. Maybe. She she gave him one last fright. <laughs> so Andy's like, wait a minute. And she found a diary. She says, you know, the real thoughts of any girl lie within the confines of their personal diary. So Pacey goes to stop her, but she says she's doing this for Abby. She wants to give her a eulogy that gives justice to her character. Andy starts reading. She finds an entry about Jen. She calls her a slut for stealing her new boyfriend. And she's a bleached blonde hose bag. <laughs> I was like, she must be talking about Vincent, the sailor, yeah, the fisherman. Yeah, the fisherman. So yeah, Andy's like, she's probably just having a bad day. <laughs> she says this so seriously too. And Pace is like, sure, sure she was. So the next entry is about how much Abby hates her mother and how she thinks she's adopted. There's no way I share the same genes with that dried up old wench. <laughs> and Pacey's like, just another bad day, right? And Andy's like, yeah. So the next entry, she reads, Dear Diary, that new girl, Andy, is such a psycho. <laughs> so she reads it. How many ways can you tell a person you don't like them? She just won't take a hint. God, and that boyfriend of hers is a... <laughs> and Andy, Andy's like, oh. So then Pacey takes the diary out of her hand and he says, I don't want to know and I don't want to hear it. And they leave. That part was funny. <laughs> it was funny. I do want to know what she was going to say about Pacey. it's probably something really bad but we will never find out i know they should print an abby's journal or a (gasps) diary oh that would be so funny they should have done that years ago i know oh that would be so cool if if they had it out i would have bought it (laughs) now we're with dawson he's at school he finds mitch he just walks in the classroom and he doesn't say anything mitch stops what he's doing and he's like trying to guess what dawson is thinking because dawson doesn't say a word And Mitch says that his first few instances with death were shocking. It makes you realize that you need to grab onto the people you love and never let go. And Dawson's like, and on that note, (laughs) um, mom got a new job in Philly. And Mitch doesn't really have a reaction. And Dawson says, you have anything to say? And he says, well, I'll call her and congratulate her. And Dawson says, that's it. You're going to call her and congratulate her and let her walk out of your life. And Mitch just doesn't say anything. He like doesn't know what to say. So then Dawson gets up and leaves and he says, yeah, grab on to those you love, huh? And it takes him so long to, to put his messenger bag on his shoulder. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. I was like, what is the hold up? I didn't understand. He was like, <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? It's not that big of a bag. Um, but yeah, Mitch is like confused. I think, I don't know. I don't know what his deal is. I don't, I feel like Mitch doesn't know how to react. I don't think he really even knows his own feelings right now about it because he started potentially talking to that other teacher and then that whole drama kind of unfolded with Gail at the, you know, the party or the birthday or whatever it was. And then all this stuff's happening. And then I don't know. And it's, it's really interesting. And I completely understand why Dawson kind of reacted the way that he did. Cause he's like, you know, 
you gotta stick together with the ones that you love and blah 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 and then he's like yeah mom's leaving or mom could potentially be leaving and he's just like well i wish her luck so it's like either you're not confident in what you're saying right now or you just lied to me a minute ago so yeah i feel like mitch is like he wants he wants to work on it but he doesn't want to work on it because he's just still so angry i guess but yeah i guess maybe he looks at gal just totally different now who knows i don't know these two god i'm so invested (laughs) i really am um now we're at the ice house with jack and joey jack really didn't have a lot in this episode to do in this episode Um, he says he's been biting his tongue, but the $64,000 question is what's up with you and Dawson? And she doesn't say anything. He says, you two shared a pretty non inconspicuous kiss the other night. And she says, they're putting it on hold. They have enough to deal with without adding their complicated relationship to the mix. And he says, he'll buy that. And he asks her how she feels otherwise. And she asks him how he's dealing with this whole thing. Jack says he finds it morbid that he and Abby actually kissed at Dawson's birthday party which means he's probably the last person that she actually kissed. Such and, a morbid. That's a weird thing to think about. I know. I mean, I would probably think that. <laughs> I mean, it's totally normal because I know I definitely would have been like that. Those things, they cross your mind, but it is morbid. It's totally morbid. I'm a morbid person. I've accepted this in my life. <laughs> I don't think it's that morbid. I think it's morbid. just like, I think it's morbid because no, I don't think it's morbid. <laughs> I just think it's a funny thing to think because he he hated her and he ended up kissing her and he probably was the last person she kissed and now she's dead. I don't think it's like morbid to think. It depends on how dark and deep you get into it. My lips touched her lips and her lips are now blue. Bloated. She drowned. Are we traumatizing our listeners now? How morbid can we get? (laughs) Well, Joey responds to him by saying, at least she went out with a bang. (laughs) I can't believe I just said that. (laughs) I don't know if I really got that. Well, she kissed a gay guy. I don't know. I guess that's what she was saying. Is that what she was going with? At least she had a thrill. She she got a kiss. I guess that's the only thing I could think of. Would you really call it a bang? No, it would be a bang if they banged. <laughs> I don't know. That is I thought I thought that sentence was a little weird. Like I just I don't know. I I understand the attempt at a joke. I just thought it probably could have been delivered differently and made I more think, sense. I think weird. it's just showing their feelings about Abby and how much they really just did not like her mm. and it's really not affecting them. It's affecting them in a weird way, but it's not affecting them differently than the way Jen is being affected. Yeah. Because they, they never liked her and they weren't. Right. And they didn't have that kind of relationship with her to know her any differently than the experiences that they've had in school. So I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. So now we're back at the school. Dawson's watching back his film. He's still editing. There are scenes with Abby and Pacey comes in and tells Dawson that, Mrs. Morgan asked Andy to give a eulogy extolling Abby's virtues. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> so all the big words. They all walk around with a dictionary and a thesaurus. I'm telling you. Thousand dollar words. <laughs> so Dawson says, how do you speak glowingly about a girl who wrote to school in a broomstick? <laughs> and he says, it's so frustrating. He's trying to set it straight for Andy, but he's got no control over things like this. 
And Dawson says, I know what you mean, which is why he's there editing. Cut to a scene of Abby. It's Paul's. And Pacey says, it must be surreal editing his movie where one of his leading ladies is no longer. So then Dawson plays the scene and Abby says her dialogue. And then she starts laughing. She says, I'm sorry. She has food in her teeth. And she just starts cracking up. And it's just very Abby Morgan. It was funny. I thought it was kind of, it was funny clip. You know what I liked? I liked that uh, Monica Kina was still very present in this episode. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, like she was, her character was gone, but we still got all these little signs of Abby Morgan, you know? And we're, we're trying to figure out who she was. I don't know. Right, as a person, exactly. So Jen comes home, Grams is cooking dinner, and I swear to God, I smelled that kitchen when I saw her cooking. I don't, I don't know what it was. I what mean, did it, it was, smell like, Stephen? It smelled like, like chicken or something, like <laughs> chicken cooking. And was somebody was something cooking in your kitchen? <laughs> no, you there's like a certain smell that's in my nose whenever I like think of my grandmoms. Like when I would go over there as a kid, and I would like take a nap, and mm-hmm. she would be like cooking dinner, and my grandpa would be coming home. Um, there's like a certain smell that I remember. And it just reminds me of that. And it's exactly what I smell. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> um, so Jen walks over to the stove and she very like aggressively looks into the pan, like what Gramps is cooking. <laughs> she like looks down at the food <laughs> and Gramps is like, Jennifer, have you been drinking? <laughs> and Jen says, not only have I been drinking, but I am drunk out of my mind. And Grams tells her to stop masking her pain with alcohol. She tells her to try and feel your pain because the drinking will only make it worse. And Jen just preach, Grams, preach. (laughs) Jen says, "Worse, worse than what?" And Grams tells her to think of the good times she shared with Abby. She'd want her to remember her that way. And Jen says, "Well, then you obviously didn't know Abby too well because Abby is probably down there with Beelzebub doing tequila shooters and laughing at all of us." What's a tequila shooter? I don't know. Because she says it in her other thing, too. Is it just like a... Wait, now I gotta see what it is. Google it up. Because when she says she's doing a patai behind her back, all I thought of was like a tequila shot. I was like, you don't need two hands to do that. <laughs> I have no idea. Shooter? I don't do shots, so you're asking the wrong person. To properly take a shot of tequila you need salt lime and tequila all carried out in a specific order the mantra to remember is lick shoot suck lick the salt off your hand first drink the shot swiftly and finish by sucking on the wedge of lime oh so like you have to do it all in one shot like a normal shot shoot suck so grams grabs jen and she tries to stop her from walking away and she says You have to believe that Abby is in God's hands. He's got a special place in the kingdom for the children. (laughs) And Jen says, really? God's got a five-bedroom beach condo of Maui for dead kids? (laughs) Jennifer! (laughs) (laughs) For the last time, Grams, there is no God. There is no heaven, and there is no peace, and there is no hope. The only truth that I know is pain. So you can just keep your Sunday school fables to yourself because they make me puke. (laughs) She's like really in Grams' face, too. And Graham says, Graham says, does it give you so much pleasure to shock and offend me? I am trying to be understanding, but you insist on disobeying my rules and polluting my house with your disrespectful blasphemy. And Jen says, I guess you're finally sick of me, huh? I guess your infinite patience and compassion aren't as infinite as we thought. 
if I can't just be myself and just speak my mind, maybe I should just move out. And then she leaves. Grams is just like shocked. So dramatic. But again, like this gets reiterated. And I feel like we've, we've definitely talked about this before about how when you're super emotional and you're frustrated and you're angry and, you know, upset that when you finally lash out, it's always with the people you're closest to. Oh yeah. Always. Always. And this, this time in this episode, it gets kind of to the extreme. I mean, not to the extreme where like fists are flying, but to the extreme where Grams is like, I'm done. Yeah. Like Jen has literally said the wrong thing the last time. So Mm. Grams is like, Nope, I'm done. So now we're at Joey's. She's sitting at her kitchen table having breakfast with her dad. And he asks her what she's thinking about. She's wearing, first of all, she's wearing like a full on like (laughs) top and bottom pajama set and uh, like a robe to go over it. (laughs) I guess to just like make us know that she just woke up. I don't know. I was like, who wears that? (laughs) I mean, people always look so comfortable when they're wearing like the matching top and bottoms and the big fluffy slippers and the fluffy big oversized like robe. I have had robes. Do I use them? No, I never use a robe. I mean, I don't even do matching pajama pants. I pretty much live in yoga pants, oversized t-shirts and giant hoodies because I'm comfortable and I'm a bum, (laughs) but I never look cute anymore. Like I don't look cute when I sleep. I see all of these like shows and advertisements. And even when you walk through like department stores and in the pajama section or their mannequins all dressed up in these cute little silky jammies and the big fluffy stuff. And I'm like, oh, I would totally buy that, but I will never wear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, who really wears stuff like that to bed though? Isn't that just, isn't that stuff? I think, I think the- like do you mean like wearing clothes? Nobody wears a robe to bed. They should probably woke up was cold and put the robe on over no, top. I mean, not that. I mean, like who really wears like a full on like pajamas at the bed? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you got the people that sleep naked or topless, I guess, but I wear clothes to bed. I wear my pants and my shirt. No, I don't mean that. Like I, I wear like shorts and stuff to bed all the time. I'm talking about like, a full-on pajama set, like top and bottom, like she was wearing. Like who actually wears up the bed? It was weird. I used to. I've with never the button-up owned, shirts. Like, yeah, never ever well, owned anything. I like I did. I used to have them like growing up and stuff because I didn't have you know the choice over my wardrobe then. Um, <laughs> but I stopped wearing the button-up tops because they would always like. I don't know. I guess I was like a rough sleeper. I moved around a lot when I was a kid, I guess. So like my shirts would end up coming off and I'd get tangled and I wear tank tops underneath. So I pretty much like the pants, the tank top I see, but I used to, I guess I can kind of wave my hand in that. I'll raise my hand there, but now I'm a bum. (laughs) Tank tops or oversized t-shirts, my yoga pants that have pockets in them, which by the way, genius. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's just a very TV thing. It's just funny. So Joey says she's trying to remember her mom, but she can't get a clear picture of her in her head. And it's the scariest thing. It's almost as if she's slowly fading away. And she says, do you know what I mean? And he says he does. So he tells her that when he was in prison, he missed her mother. And the loss combined with the guilt was almost too much to handle. And he says, but I look at you and I know she's still here. You are so like your mother. She was tough, independent, and funny in the exact same ways you're funny. And she was stubborn. 
So she's not gone. She lives on in you, and that comforts me to no end. So it was like a cute little scene. It was cute. I still don't like her dad, though. He annoys me. <laughs> nope. When I watched it, I thought of what you said. He has like a sad face. <laughs> like his face is melting. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> And I hated how he was eating. He kept like clanging this fork against the table. And it was almost like he was eating, like he was still in prison. Like it was weird to me. I don't know. <laughs> um, so now we're with Andy and Pacey. They're walking on the beach. She's like, only a few hours until the funeral. And I still don't know what to say, Pacey. And he's like, just make something up. Abby was a wonderful person and she'll be deeply missed, blah, blah, blah. And Andy's like, so lie. And he says, well, you can tell them the truth that she was a hideous abomination and the world is better off without her. <laughs> They're so harsh. <laughs> well, he's super harsh. And he says, right. And watch her mother have a heart attack and collapse in the aisle. And she just doesn't know what to do. And he says, he'll give the speech for her. She's like, you do that for me? And he says, I do anything just so you don't have a nervous breakdown. She's like, I'm not about to have a nervous breakdown. And he says, because he's about to have one living vicariously through her. She says she understands what it's like to care deeply for someone who has the propensity to become mentally unhinged. Um, And she says she doesn't want to be that to him. And he says, what am I supposed to do? Sit back and watch you agonize? If you're in distress, how can I help but to come to your rescue? She says, if I'm drowning in the ocean, yes, throw me a lifeline. But don't let our roles become permanently etched in stone. Me, the helpless lunatic, and you, the hero on the horseback, I need to take care of myself. And she says she's going to give the eulogy. She'll think of something. So I thought it was nice that he offered to do it. Like, he just hates seeing her the way she is. He's a very caring and protective and watchful. Yeah, Yeah, he's protective of her. And I could definitely appreciate that. I just like that he's uh, conscious of it. And he, you know, he pays attention. Not everybody does that, you know, especially in this day and age. Everybody's too into themselves and and their own lives, I guess, to to be concerned about anybody else. But kudos to Pacey. But he loves her and he wants to make sure she's okay. And I love Pacey for it. So now we're at Abby's funeral. There's a big picture of Abby at the front of the chapel, I guess, they're in. Pacey tells Andy that she can duck out now. There's still time. And she's like, no, I'm going to do this, even if it kills me. And he says, well, I guess we could slip you in the coffin with Abby. (laughs) Uh, Joey walks in. So she came to the funeral. And she sits next. She takes off her 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 uh, jacket, her coat, and she's wearing this black dress. I can only imagine them being like, "You're gonna walk in, and you're gonna take off your your coat, and you're gonna look beautiful in in your in your black dress <laughs> at a funeral." At, at a funeral, <laughs> because they because they always said whenever a scene's bad, we just cut the Katie. We cut we just cut the Katie's face. <laughs> um. So yeah, she sits next to Dawson. And he's like, "You made it." And she just tells him to hold her hand. So then Grams comes in. Like, everybody's there. Grams comes in and she sits with Jen. Jen's like, the good Samaritan of Cape Sign is here. (laughs) She's such a bitch. So Grams says that she lost a lot of sleep last night. And she hopes that they can avoid ugly scenes like that in the future. She says, I want you to know that I forgive you. And Jen's like rolling her eyes. She says, I'm not looking for your forgiveness. I'm looking for your understanding. And that's something that you've never been able to provide. And Grimes is like, what? (laughs) Jennifer, we're at a funeral. (laughs) Like, how are you going to be a bitch at a funeral? Well, she, uh, she makes it happen. (laughs) Oh my God. She's like, watch. (laughs) She's like, hold my beer. (laughs) (laughs) Put this on camera. It's happening right now. (laughs) Anybody filming this? Watch this right now. (laughs) Hold my beer. 
So the funeral's starting, and the priest asks anyone to come forward to share their thoughts. <laughs> so Jen gets up. Well, Andy looks like she's about to get up first. And then we see Jen, and she gets up, and she walks to the front. And I'm going to read her entire eulogy, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right, so Jen's standing up there in front of everybody. She says, my name's Jen Lindley, and I was friends with Abby as much as anyone could be. Because Abby had a toxic personality that bordered on radioactive. Abby could be cruel and spiteful, and Abby could certainly be petty. She spent her days mischievously stirring up trouble and creating calamity and generally taking pleasure in other people's pain. You know, in Sunday school, they teach us that God made man in his image. Well, if God made Abby in his own image, then what does that say about God? God has always been such a mystery to me. I mean, what sort of deity creates a world that is so full of suffering and is so full of tragedy? Abby taught me a lot. That girl taught me how to do a tequila shooter with one hand behind my back. (laughs) Oh my God. And she taught me how to live my life according to my own set of values and not just to follow the crowd in hopes of winning some phantom popularity contest. But most of all, what's most important is that Abby taught me the sadistic nature of our God. And while that knowledge is disturbing, it's true and it's real. And in a world that is so saturated with phoniness and with lies, for that small amount, for that little bit of honesty, I will always be grateful to her. So while she's like giving this speech, the camera keeps cutting to everybody in the chapel. All their faces, yeah. Especially Grams, and Grams is just like, are you fucking kidding me? You little bitch. <laughs> and even even um, Abby's mom is just like, yeah. yeah, I don't even I don't even know if I can decipher the different like stages of emotions that went across that poor woman's face between like upset and shock and maybe a little bit of confusion and maybe a little bit of no, that sounds like Abby. <laughs> yeah. But the yeah. fact that there's, you know, that somebody's going to appear and say it right in the middle of a funeral, like that's a speech uh she'll probably never forget no i wouldn't i'd be like remember that little bitch that got up and talked about abby about doing tequila shooters with one hand tied behind her back right and <laughs> then the i mean i remember <laughs> um andy definitely redeems the situation and her mom is you know very grateful i think yeah um so jen walks back down to her seat and graham's is like just looking at her and then she gets up and she lets jen in back into the her seat and then she turns around and she leaves. And Jen is like, why is she leaving? Oh, wait, I just offended my grandmother and her God. So then we see Abby's mother turn around and she sort of looks at Andy. And Andy gets up and delivers her eulogy. So she basically says that Abby was a person that pushed her to a breaking point and challenged her. And she'll always hold a special place in her heart for, for Abby because she's like grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um. I didn't want to read her whole thing, but it was a lot better than Jen's. <laughs> it was, it was very well done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so now they're at the burial. It's just like a montage of them all putting like flowers on her grave. And we see Dawson and Joey walking through the cemetery together. Well, I'm assuming it's a cemetery from what I see later, but like, it looks like they're walking through like the woods or something, but I'm assuming it's a cemetery. Yeah. Um, He tells her that he was watching his movie and every time he saw Abby, he realized how short life is and he doesn't want to die with unlived life in his veins. And he says he doesn't want to go to his grave thinking what he could have done. And he tells her he's so happy about what happened between them the other night. And she just doesn't say anything. And he's like, you could say something or I could just keep talking. And then she finally just kisses him. 
And she says, of course I'm happy. And she tells him right now she has to go someplace. And she says, will you walk me there? <laughs> He's like, absolutely. <laughs> He's like, I know where we're going. Now, Pacey tells Andy that she had him worried the past few days, but as per usual, she managed to pull it off with flying colors. And she says she thinks that she really needed this whole experience just to bring her closer to Tim. Then Andy sees Jen sitting at Abby's grave by herself, and she says she's going to go talk to her. Jen is sitting there. She's like crying. She's upset. And she tells Andy that she can't apologize enough. Abby's death wasn't Andy's fault. It was hers. She says that she invited Abby out and she got her drunk and she could have saved her. And Andy tells her that she did everything she could have. The water was rough. The current was too strong. And Jen says that she saw her in the water and Abby was so scared. Could you imagine? Oh my God. Cause I don't remember this, but I was like, she saw her in the water, like freaking out. Like how could she not save her? It's so scary. I don't know. So to her in time. Yeah. Oh, it's so creepy to think about. Andy's like, don't think about that. And Jen, I mean, she'll remember forever. And Jen tells her because she's weak, because she couldn't accept the blame that she had to deflect it on everybody else. And now she regrets her speech. She's like, what was I thinking? Andy says that she's a people pleaser. And in order order to succeed in that, you have to be phony sometimes. And Abby was the exact opposite. So she put her truth she put her truth above everything. And that's what you did. It was a memorial about Abby and you were just being truthful to her spirit. Spirit. I cannot say spirit. <laughs> I did it in the last episode. Spirit. Let's hear it. In the last episode, I kept saying spirit. Spirit. Um, Jen says sometimes she doesn't think it's appropriate to speak the truth. Sometimes it's just a better idea to shut up. And Andy tells Jen about Abby's diary and that it's pretty nasty and that if her mom finds it, she's going to be devastated. So now we cut to Dawson and Joey. We're at Joey's mother's grave and Joey just has a moment at the grave. She says that she hopes wherever she is that she's happy. Dawson says she's looking down on you and she's happy. Um, also Joey's mother was a cancer. I looked at her, her uh, birth date. <laughs> so now Jen arrives at home to find Graham's packing up her stuff all on the front porch. There's even like, I noticed there's like a box, like a tall box. And there's like a stuffed, like husky Something. dog. Some kind of stuffed animal. <laughs> and like, like a, like a, a field hockey stick or something. I was like, when did Jen play field hockey? Um, These are all items that either I just didn't care to notice or never noticed in her bedroom. So I'm just wondering if they just took random stuff. It was like, this is Jen Lindley's stuff. Grams took like a picture off the wall. (laughs) (laughs) One of the boy band posters is rolled up in there and next to the stuffy. No, Grams just ripped that shit off the wall. She's like, blasphemy. (laughs) This is, this is the devil's work. This is devil music. Rip. Grunge. Ugh. <laughs> 90s grunge. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Those of you that listen to grunge, I like grunge too. So, <laughs> but Grams probably doesn't like grunge. <laughs> no. Sure and those of you that is listening that doesn't know what grunge is, you're too young. Go home. Uh, oh my God. You know what grunge reminds me of? Uh, like eighth grade and listening to Nirvana. Mm. and Pearl Jam and wearing lots and lots of flannel and thinking I look cool. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I still rock flannel. 
<laughs> I love a nice flannel. I do. I look better in it now than I did then. But oh, look, flannel. it lasted like five minutes because <laughs> I could not get into the music. <laughs> but yeah. it was a very important time in the 90s. It really was. It was. It was. And I look back at that time. If I hear like, um, Jeremy spoken. <laughs> I ever Is that really that? considered grunge? Yeah. Like alternative rock. Oh, I think Pearl Jam is grunge. I never listened to Pearl Jam, so hold on. I'm going to look this up. You never listened to Pearl Jam? Not really. You knew what that song was? Yeah. All right, let's do this. Pearl Jam's genre. Just say it's Pearl Jam grunge. It did. It's rock. Pearl Jam genre is rock. Whatever. I consider it grunge. <laughs> what would you consider grunge? Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, well, I guess Pearl Jam is in the list, but obviously Nirvana. Soundgarden. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, Soundgarden. Oh, my God. Black Hole Sun. A lot of of these bands I've never even heard of, so I don't, I'm not even going to go through them. Sponge, Hole, The Smashing Pumpkins. Never heard of Hole? I'm not, no, I don't think so. Maybe I saw. Okay, well, I wasn't a Courtney Love fan. I kind of avoided her shit. Bush. Oh, I love Bush. Yeah, there's a lot. Creed. Yeah, Creed was in the 90s, though. I don't know. I don't know any early Creed stuff, but... Puddle of Mud. I used to listen to me some Puddle of Mud. Puddle of Mud is... Puddle of Mud is on Dawson's Creek. They always play their music. Nickelback? Uh, There's one band called Cat Butt. (laughs) But, but like, they're they're listing bands from, like, the early 2000s. I mean, I guess grunge is still a a category in... It is. But to me, Everclear? Oh, yeah. Everclear is... I used to listen to Everclear. Sorry, I can picture the lead singer in my head right now. (laughs) But grunge to me is like '90s music. I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's a form of rock. Why? It doesn't matter. Early '90s. Moving on, (laughs) the Nirvana era. (laughs) I know. What are we talking about? (laughs) Kurt (laughs) Cobain. I didn't even like grunge that much. (laughs) I don't know. I know. Oh, so it was it was a war between, you know, grunge rock and pop boy bands <laughs> at oh that God. at that time for me. So, yeah. All right. So Graham says to Jen, how could you? I went to that funeral today to try to give you some support and to try to rectify some of the damage in our fragile relationship, only to find you heartlessly thumbing your nose at me and a house of God, no less. And Jen says that her speech wasn't for her. It was for Abby. And she says she regrets it now. She says she knows that it was wrong. And she tells Grams that she's so sorry that she offended her beliefs. She says, this is not about my beliefs or free speech or any other philosophical nonsense. This is about the truth. And the truth is you deliberately tried to wound me in that chapel. You decided to take out all of your pain and rage at the world on me. You want understanding? How about a little understanding in return? <laughs> Grams goes off. Yeah, like- this is amazing goes off how about a little compassion for me not just for my beliefs but for me your grandmother who loves you who would do anything for you who would die for you (laughs) that was so good steven i'm like channeling her (laughs) so we all know (laughs) what (laughs) we all know i'm not an actress but you sir you can do this i'm an actress (laughs) you're Okay, sure. You can be whatever you want to be, Steven. (laughs) So Jen is like freaked out now. She's like, Grams, Grandmom. She calls her grandma or something. She goes, Grandma. Like she gets upset. 
like an actual full-blown word not just grams yeah i was like oh shit she's like no this is for real um so grams continues she goes you should be living with someone else someone you respect and clearly i am not that person all the time you waste rebelling against me is getting you nowhere so while it pains me more than you will ever know jennifer i want you to move out find somewhere else to live (laughs) that was my favorite part of the whole thing find somewhere else to live (laughs) and jen's like just shocked so graham shuts the door on her and she's really upset she puts her head against the door and she's just crying and jen's just left standing alone with all of her luggage i'm like how's she gonna move all this shit and um yeah jen's been evicted (laughs) from the house of god where is she gonna go like where can jen i have an idea dawson's bedroom Uh, so now we are with Andy. She sneaks into Abby's bedroom again to steal the journal. So while she's getting the journal off the dresser, she's in front of a mirror mm-hmm. and she's looking down. And then we see Abby's reflection in the mirror. So when Andy looks up, she sees the reflection and she turns around and Abby's gone. So Andy's now like, what did I just see? So I'm like, did she just see her ghost? Or is Andy having like a mental... Like breakdown, yeah. Or is this like an urban legend? (laughs) What you know, the urban legend. The urban legend. Tell me, Bloody Mary. (laughs) Oh no, because she didn't say Bloody Mary. I was going to say what the urban. Maybe she said Abby's name three times in the mirror. We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Abby Morgan. Abby Morgan. Abby Morgan. (laughs) She appeared. Oh my God, Stephen, what was that behind you? Oh my god! It was your hand in my my frame. <laughs> um, no, no I was like, "What urban legend? The one where you steal someone who's died's journal and they appear in the mirror? <laughs> that urban legend?" <laughs> no, I was just thinking of you know mirrors and Bloody Mary is the first and only thing that came into my mind. And we were talking about urban legend not that long ago, so that that was fresh in my brain. It makes more sense than mine. <laughs> <laughs> We know who's the logical one here. <laughs> I am not logical at all. <laughs> um, but that's the end of the episode. And next week it's reunited. And it feels so good. Reunited. And I don't know the words. We'll make up the words. Because we don't know the song. It's it's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was it. I thought it was a very good episode. Yes. Um, sad that Abby Morgan is no longer on the show. She will uh, never be back. Never. No, probably just in conversation. But um, I don't know where we're going to go next week with this whole thing with Andy seeing a dead person, but she's like six cents. I see dead people. (laughs) (laughs) Except it's only in her brain. (laughs) It's only in her head, (sighs) but it was good. It was a very Jen Graham's episode to me. I was happy that Joey finally acknowledged that her mother is gone. Yeah. Yeah. So she's coming to some type of closure. Yes. Closure. Yeah. But um, any last thoughts? No, um, I mean, nothing that I haven't already said previously. It was a very high emotion, mm-hmm. like a high emotional episode, um, but they did it really good. And I think Jen stole the show. I thought she was very believable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Well, good. I'm glad. Before we sign off, I wanted to acknowledge one of our listeners. 
I'm not going to give her full name. Her name's Carla. She messaged us last weekend to tell us that there's a Dawson's Creek Facebook group. And she mentioned us in, there was like a thread about what are your favorite Dawson's Creek podcasts? And she let us know that she gave us a shout out on the, on the group. And I was like, that is so sweet. That's (laughs) awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you, Carla, for that. She's, she sends us like nice messages, like keeping us like up to date with things. Sometimes I think that's really sweet of her. So I appreciate it because Steven, for the most part handles our, um, our social media accounts. I am (laughs) terrible with my own social media accounts, let alone try to keep up with a podcast. So um, Stephen keeps me included. So you guys that are reaching out to us and Carla, thank you. Um, But you keeping us updated, keeping Stephen updated, keeps me updated. So it's like a big circle and I appreciate you. (laughs) Yeah, it was exciting. Um, All right. So do you have anything else to say before we go, Jamie? Uh, no unless you guys want to do uh my japanese word of the day <laughs> oh go for it let us know give it to so us I, I don't remember what we did last last week whether it was ohio or konnichiwa go for uh, it. <laughs> so we'll do two words ohio and konnichiwa which is ohio is good morning and then you know konnichiwa is hello which you probably may have at least heard in that that once that one song that was famous at one point or another <laughs> maybe I feel like it was in a song somewhere. What's I song? heard the word. I don't know, Stephen. Just ignore <laughs> me. I'm talking out my ass. <laughs> but I remember, if I recall uh, correctly, when when I discussed this and I brought these words up um, last week, I may have mentioned also gazimus, which doesn't mean anything by itself. But apparently, when you add it on to certain words, it kind of gives it a more formal approach. So, like, if you're walking into the office building. And it's the morning and you see your boss or something like that. And you, you're like, you know, Ohio gazimus or something like that. Then it's like, oh, yeah, you did talk about this. But a more formal. Yeah. And you can do the same thing with Konnichiwa when you're talking to somebody in a more formal manner, not just like a friend or a family. If you're interested in Japanese, <laughs> I'm learning a lot. <laughs> so we're a Dawson's Creek slash um, dra- Japanese um learning center now (laughs) (laughs) learning center like i should be teaching this right i just have my little flashcards and you know an app (laughs) slowly teaches me stuff now we'll see how long this even lasts (laughs) okay if it makes you happy it makes me happy i support it we're on it we're on a worldwide (laughs) level here platform i use the term platform i'm gonna wait steven watch we're gonna end up getting some like hate mail from some actual (laughs) japanese fluent speaking people that are like shut up you you sound terrible no and it's totally fine we'll see how long this actually lasts on the podcast i'm going to continue to attempt to learn another language but we'll see how long that i'll actually last yeah you know talking about it like this because I'm self-teaching right now. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Self-taught. But my app says I'm 3% fluent. <laughs> oh, my God. 3% fluent. You're at five. <laughs> I'm like a baby. <laughs> I'm a baby. I can pretty much just introduce myself. That's basically it. And I can say oh yes my God. or no. <laughs> Jamie, I just want to say before we sign off that I had such a miserable day today, like a miserable fucking day. And I was so looking forward to doing this with you today. Like I always do. And 
it's 12 20 a.m right now um <laughs> but i'm in such like a um happier mood because we got to just spend this time together and talk about this show and i'm learning japanese <laughs> and so i'm like you know i'm just put in a better mood and i hope tomorrow will just be a brand new day a fresh start and i don't let anything bother me so thank you friend for that <laughs> you're welcome and hopefully we're making some days and mornings and nights and i don't know whatever time of time zone you're in when you're listening to us by the time you get to us we hope you're making your day too the sunset your sunset. The sunset your it's lunch highlight your nap uh, on that note, why don't you tell everybody where to find your bookstagram? Yeah, so my bookstagram is at jlen underscore book lover. And I'm on Instagram. I have a Twitter. I don't go on Twitter. I think the last time I posted something on Twitter was like well, three months ago. So if you attempt to reach out to me on Twitter, I'll probably never see it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just kidding. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us at Creek Talk Podcast and on Twitter at Creek Talk Pod. And you can send us an email at creektalkpodcast at gmail.com. We would love for somebody to send us a third email. That would be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And if you are feeling generous, we would love to have anyone rate and review us on iTunes spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts so with that we appreciate you listening thank you for joining us we hope you have a great weekend all right we are out bye Bye. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god about